Here's a message from Ken Lavica. And just like that, it's 1-1. Heat fans, Knicks fans, where's your hat at? Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up! Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken Lavica Live on ESPN 1063. Let's get this out of the way right now. Scott Foster screwed the heat, okay? Let's just go ahead and get it out right now. We knew when we saw who was going to be officiating last night's game in the heat. Winless with Scott Foster and his officiating crew on the same floor as the heat this year. We knew it was going to be a tough task. And then we found out late evening Jimmy wasn't playing, made it even harder task. And then the heat on the verge of taking down the Knicks with a corpse of that roster, Scott Foster had to do what Scott Foster does and that screw over the heat. Okay, like let's let's just get this out of the way right now. And you can tell me I'm a crybaby. You can say I'm a complainer. You can say I'm making excuses, all that stuff. But there is no denying whatsoever that the Knicks got benefited in a massive way. I mean a gigantic way. I mean a possible season-saving way by Scott Foster and his absolute abject nonsense. The NBA, the fact that you have someone in Scott Foster who has such a reputation of being someone who's going to roll in and even up a series or extend a series or uh, widely known he's got an officiating vendetta against Chris Paul or against a certain team, the Heat. The NBA, the fact that that's a thing, the fact that that's widely known, that's something that's expected amongst fans, that's not a good thing for you, NBA. That's not a good thing. That's not a nice thing to hang on your NBA mantle. So I just want to make sure right off the top, we're understood, Jeanette, we're understood, Stone, that Scott Foster screwed the heat last night. Can we all be in agreement of that? He screwed the heat. Sure. Okay. Stone, can we can can we at least say to an extent he screwed the heat last night? To an extent he did. Okay. All of that said, Scott Foster made heat life extremely difficult to win that game, but he is not the sole reason the heat lost last night. Okay? He's not the sole reason. Could the heat have won if Scott Foster wasn't officiating last night? Sure. Is Scott Foster the sole reason the Heat lost that game last night? No. Not having Jimmy helped lose the Heat that game last night. Um, But I also thought that late, the Heat looked tired, and the Heat gave up open looks, including this one that I thought was the absolute dagger, the one that really started at the beginning to the end. Cue in from TNT, Jalen Brunson. For the lead. Oh, yeah! Jalen Brunson from downtown. So, there is... It it was a really, really tough final three minutes to watch because the heat just sort of wilted. What I'm going to say is that 
What we saw from the Heat last night, Heat fans, you should be encouraged as hell. That was as complete a Knicks team as you're going to find. You had Julius Randle back. You had Jalen Brunson. You had your total group. And the Knicks needed to grind out desperation basketball three minutes of excellence to knock off a team that had undrafted players score 74 points last night. Far and away, an NBA record, modern day, 74 points from undrafted players last night. These Knicks with Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson and Josh Hart needed a desperate final couple of minutes to beat the ghost of Kyle Lowry, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, and Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Haywood Highsmith. Think about that. So if you're a Heat fan, if you're a Heat fan, despite the fact it's 1-1, I think, Jeanette, you should be feeling pretty good about your chances, especially with a smirking, uh, double-bird-giving Jimmy walking off the floor at Madison Square Garden last night. You should be feeling pretty good about, A, Jimmy's availability game three in Miami, and the Heat chances of going up two games to one and doing some work against the Knicks on Saturday. Absolutely. And I think when Jimmy's back for game three, it's going to be the most exhilarating game probably so far in the playoffs. His grand return after that loss. There's going to be, I will say, there is some pressure on the Heat now because Stone, the way I think this is going is we saw the Knicks in their best form last night and it was barely enough to beat Bare Bones Heat. Barely enough to take down what I thought was a brilliant game plan, what I thought was an excellent display of offense at times, ball movement, connectivity from this team. And now, with Jimmy coming back, you can't falter at home. Like I would say now at this point, the perception is the Heat should be winning game three and four over the Knicks based off of what we saw last night. Yeah, and I can't hate you for that. You mentioned last night's performance being encouraging to Heat fans. That's somewhat of an understatement, right? Eight lead changes in that game, and I think the largest lead for Miami at one point was eight. The largest yeah. lead for New York at yeah. one point was six. So this is a launch pail series. Like yeah. We've seen it through two games. So encouraging is an understatement. Those stats I just gave out, oh yeah, without Jimmy Butler. The, uh, the, the Heat uh, were on the wrong end of a 24-12 run in that game. Credit to the Knicks. For like sure. They, they did what they had to do. I, they, I mean, Jalen Brunson hit big shots. Uh, they rebounded the hell out of the basketball. Josh Hart hit big shots. Uh, Hartenstein was massive, literally and figuratively, just throwing his body around. Um, so Scott Foster screwed the Heat. If Scott Foster's <laughs> not officiating this game, the Heat win. The Heat are up two games to none. There were nonsense calls. Like in a one-point game, Josh Hart pushes Hartenstein, and the uh, – Bam, gets called for a foul. That was the most bizarre. That was I mean, the moment in the whole game where I stood up off the couch and that, I was like, are you kidding me? That's pure insanity. That's that, personal that, at that, that point. That is pure, unadulterated insanity. Uh, Kyle Lowry and Julius Randle get tied up off of a loose ball rebound. Kyle Lowry goes to the ground. Julius Randle lands on top of him, 
foul on Kyle Lowry, all while Hartenstein is going over the back of Bam Adebayo. I, I just, I, I cannot wrap my mind around the nonsense that Scott Foster threw out there. But then there was the magnum opus where a deep three hits the rim, clearly hits the rim, and Scott Foster and company say, up oh, shot clock violation, all while Gabe Vincent's laying the rebound in as they wave off the play. And the Heat can't challenge that. They're not allowed to challenge that. That's up to the officials. And because Scott Foster is either A, incompetent, or B, has a plan in mind, isn't going to go ahead, or uh, he's just too gutless to go back and say, we made a mistake on that and give the Heat the possession, Scott Foster screwed the Heat. In a multitude of ways. Knicks fans, I'm sorry. You can't sit here and tell me that the Knicks didn't get the season-saving whistle of the century last night against that skeleton crew of the Heat. But, but, that said, the Knicks went into desperation mode when they had to, and they won that game. And now it's 1-1, game three, Saturday. Jimmy's coming back. I mean, Jimmy has to come back after last night on the bench, taunting fans, waving to the Madison Square Garden uh, fans. He threw a double bird at fans as he was walking to the tunnel. You can't do all that stuff and then not play on Saturday. Jimmy is playing on Saturday. I feel like he was scheming for game three, sitting on that bench, just waiting. And he was like taking notes I just of what wonder, to do and who to target. I just wonder how that went down because it certainly felt like all day yesterday Jimmy was going to play. Like we talked about it yesterday Jimmy was going to have to be talked out of playing. I wonder if Jimmy volunteered himself not to play or if there was a conversation with Spo, with Riley, with Zoe, where it's, hey, man, I, we really, really, really would like you to be ready for Saturday. Understand, this is a long play. We think that we have enough here to get ourselves potentially through the East. The whole dynamic of this postseason has changed. This is no longer um, can we do the impossible and beat the Bucks. This is if we play it smart, we can pick apart the Knicks and we can do some damage in the Eastern Conference Finals as well. I wonder if that's the conversation they had with Jimmy. I just, I don't know. I, I, Jimmy, Jimmy runs his own blade. On this team, Jimmy does his own stuff, right? But I wonder if there was a just sort of a sit-down, dude, just trust us. Let's pick it back up Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the right play in a situation like that. I think yesterday you got caught thinking with your heart instead of your mind, right? I mean, you you said Jimmy's going to tell everyone to bleep off and yeah. get in the game. That's but, not the right play. But also, I was saying, too, and Jeanette, I was saying yesterday on the show, I was like 60%, hey, just sit him. <laughs> just sit him. Like, deep in the recesses of my Heat fan mind, I'm like, God, I hope Jimmy plays. Right. God, I hope Jimmy plays. But at some point, sense kicks in, and especially after last night, I feel so much better that Jimmy didn't play. It would be great to be up two games to none. And if even a 70% Jimmy is in that game, I think some of the stagnant behavior on offense that the Heat had in the final five minutes gets rectified because Jimmy's going to hit a couple of shots for you, or at least draw defensive attention. But I, I feel good. 1-1, the Heat already did their job, winning the game in Madison Square Garden with what would be a what we now is going to be a much healthier Jimmy than if he tried to push it last night. Yeah, but I feel like if you would have given him four minutes into the game, it would have been a dub for the Miami Heat. Easy. Like, With what all if the injuries he, and everything, like four minutes. Well, that's what, it. I mean, they wouldn't just Jimmy give him like four control. minutes, but what if they give him like 12 to 15 sporadic minutes last night? I mean, it's easier said than done. I agree. Right, because the last thing you want to do is throw him in there for that 10, 12, that 15, and have him go two minutes. for five, and, and then it turned really ugly, and then they kind of wasted that bullet. I think the second guessing is easier 
on the the stomach to say, oh, what if you went up two games to none? No doubt. And uh, you going to uh, to Miami and it's one one, and Jimmy's reaggravated that ankle. The second guessing feels a lot better with the former than the latter. Am I am I wrong about that? No, I can see it. I can see it as well. And and I think something that we haven't spoke about or something that's not even on the show sheet for today though that last three minutes I mean God it's a uh, it's hard to overcome all the stars in that building right the history that it has and, and how loud and rambunctious it gets right Aaron Rodgers sitting yeah you're sitting right on the Jessica Alba made the difference yeah. last hey, night you back off Jessica <laughs> no, Alba I, I, I love Jessica that was one celebrity that I was like yes no bro. I love Jessica I Alba I love Jessica can you look Alba up there. how old Jessica Alba is real quick who because, cares she looks no, like no, no, no. she looks younger than me there are there are people on social media that are stunned. And oh my God, Jessica Alba, how is she so good looking at that age? She's 42. Um, like, I, I, 40, there were plenty of good looking 42 year olds. Like, why are we acting like 42 is 82? Yeah, Not there, only that, but it's also those Latina jeans. Uh-huh. Just saying, shout right. out to them. There was a tweet that went viral last night, and the caption was, Hear me out. And it was a, a video of Jessica Alba, and somebody replied, Hear me out. It's Jessica Alba. Like, we don't need to hear this you out. What, what are we? Uh, wow. <laughs> hear me out. I I would love to be with Jessica Alba. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Oh, my God. Like, what are you people doing? You Jessica Alba need, is amazing. You don't even need to speak. We don't need to hear anything. She no. looks so good. I love her. She's one of my favorite celebrities of all time. It's so it's hard, you back off. Don't touch no, no, yeah, It's hard to win a game. You come with, at J-Lo you know, before you come at Jessica Alba. Aaron okay? Rodgers, Sauce Gardner, Jessica mm-hmm. Alba. Man, it's tough. Tough mountain to climb. Well, I mean, where Chris was, Rock, that where was Rock, Chappelle. Spike, all That's of them. That's a hilarious sideline. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Side, sorry. All right, whatever. When uh, when when Pitbull, Pit <laughs> I knew where you were going. Pitbull. I'm not gonna say uh, who would who would be the Miami Heat. Pitbull, Rick, Rick, Rick Ross, Ross. Bad Bunny, uh, uh, DJ Khaled. Mm-hmm. DJ, oh, he's so annoying. Yeah, DJ Khaled. <laughs> yeah, Bad he Bunny represents yeah. 305. Like you have to admit that. Uh, Wheezy. Yeah, Wheezy might he's be out more there. L. A. Dude, I mean, uh, New Orleans. No, though. he's got his house in Miami. This is the time for him he's to pop out. Shakira lives in Miami, so she might make an appearance. Who? Shakira. Oh yeah, 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 she's she's on the market. She's available mm-hmm. as well. She I can know. be she can be the Heat Jessica Alba. Shout out Latina oh, jeans. Yeah. PK fumbled the bag. Hey, oh, totally. Yo, don't get me started on that. He definitely fumbled the bag. Don't man. get me started. And did you hear PK's girl, the one he cheated on Shakira with, uh-huh. cheated on him? Really? Uh huh. Karma. Oh, I love it. Shakarma. <laughs> so it's 1-1. Heat and Knicks. The Heat uh, on the wrong end of 24 to 12 at the end of that one. But I feel good. I feel I feel good about the Heat right now. Coming home, Jimmy not playing yesterday. Going to be in as good a form as he possibly could be after Josh Hart flip-flop flailed his way into injuring Jimmy in, in game one. What's your biggest takeaway from the first two games of Heat Knicks. What's your biggest takeaway from the first two games of the Heat Knicks series? In mine is that I think as a collective, the Knicks have more talent on the floor. The Heat are the better team on the floor. The Knicks have the better talent on the floor. The Heat have the better team on the floor. And I think a big part of what the rest of this series is going to uh, be dependent upon is just how vastly is Eric Spolstra going to outcoach Tom Thibodeau. Because that was... Eric Spolstra in the flesh, doing what he does best, just jigsaw puzzling a rotation together last night and nearly winning a professional basketball game. I have a message for Tom Thibodeau. And I know he's listening to the show, of course, because he uh-huh. doesn't. What's up, Tibbs? Shave it. Shave your hair. Just get, Please go just, bald. Just get, just get it over with. Stop. 
I can we can literally count the strands of his hair <laughs> walking up and down courtside. And you, you don't need you don't terrible. need a comb. You can use your fingers. Seriously. So, and you know what? Do that because ever I don't know how long his nails are or how chips they are, but he's gonna keep ripping his hairs out when he uses his nails. It's a so. great call. Great takeaway. See, this is a tough spot, though. As someone who is losing his hair, Same. yours truly, you, and you decided to go full buzz here. Yep. The problem is, be a man. But, he likes Stone, but Stone makes it work. The buzz, the, the, the short cropped hair, nearly bald, Stone makes it work. I'm going to have to make that decision. The problem is, I've got, I've got big ears, and so that's going to be a little bit of a problem for Take me. I'm going to look a little weird. Look, like, You're not as bad as you think you nah, are, but, Ken. What are you talking about? So so here's the issue with Tibbs, though, in that spot. He's shaped like an egg, okay? And so when you're shaped like an egg or a weeble wobble like that, uh, you hanging on to a little bit of your hair at least gives you a little bit of, of a, a sight line up top to distract from the fact that you look like a Humpty Dumpty, okay? So then if you shave all that off, then you really look like an egg because you're not only shaped like an egg, but your head looks like an egg as well. But you know what? You are the head coach of the New York Knicks, one of the most storied franchises in sports in general. You have the money to go to some hair rejuvenation place to get hair plugs or do <clears throat> something about it. Go to Quellov. Get your hair fixed or go bald. Uh, Diplomat tweets in, by the way. Don't forget, Ken, Weezy was at a heat game cheering for the Lakers and got into it with D-Wade and LeBron. Is that real? From the Big Three era? Did that happen? Weezy's uninvited. If that's the oh, case, no. I, I, I am completely unaware of that. I appreciate that, Diplo. I don't... I don't I, I was completely unaware of that. If that's the case, get him out of our celebrity lineup I for Saturday. Our, our MSG rival celebrity lineup. Give us Kodak. Give us Give somebody. Give us Kodak. No, Kodak is Kodak, from Pompano. No, but Kodak's, Kodak's a Panthers guy. <laughs> Remember when he was allegedly all up in that uh, all up in that shorty at the Panthers game? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. I thought the Panthers should make that a... A regular thing. For sure. Like, at the, at, at, at 10 minutes to go in the third period, Kodak in his suite. And just strippers start on, making their rounds. A stripper. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that, my that, God. That would bring the like community together. Cash popping yeah. up everywhere. That would make the Panthers so damn real. It wouldn't have taken them having to beat the Bruins to, to get super real. They could have been real like three years ago. Grinding Kodak at the 10-minute mark of the third period. Especially the way they're playing right now. Those Florida oh, Panthers. Bro, Toronto, we're coming for you in a mm-hmm. second. Don't worry. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the first two games of the Heat Knicks? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. I feel good. Do I feel great? No. Because I'm still scared of Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle played well last night. But again... The, the Knicks needed a desperate season-saving effort and whistle from Scott Foster to take down the skeleton of the Heat. It, that, that naturally should make you feel good. What's your biggest takeaway from the first two games of Heat-Knicks? 888-760-3776. Ernie in Boynton on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, Ernie. I miss you. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't want to say this out loud, but I will. But technically, you have synthetical difficulties. On the break where I'm at, I'm hearing the Spanish 1050 uh, commentators, or the, the, you know, the guys who are doing the show, uh-huh. and it's, I'm hearing them. I'm hearing them on the break. I thought, I don't even know if I was going on their break. Uh, I'm like, are they switching me off to 1050 Spanish? I'm like, what's going on here? Wait, is that anyway, for real happening? Is that for real happening? I'm not lying to you, but yeah, that's real, that really happened right now when Stone put me on hold 
It was a uh, hold uh, I was hearing. But over the air, you're still hearing us, right? But it's over hold that you're no, hearing. No, I was hearing 1050 uh. Espanol, and I'm, I'm like, okay, am yeah. I going to be switched to a... Uh, no, hey, I was about to crank them in oh, Spanish, yeah, but that's all right, so... have a drink on this one that's a long story i'll give you guys the message we got to unite um uh-huh. uh personally going through some stuff but uh let's go let's go with sports right now because i'm here right yeah for um, sure let's go okay yeah, yeah, yeah let's go with sports okay <laughs> first it was a good nick win second don't blame the refs even though yeah that ref does have a history his crew doesn't have a history but i want to go on the Knicks because okay they won that game but it was without jimmy buckets the bench is what, you know, kept the, head, the, 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 the heat in it, and we barely won it. So that's a concern. So if they're gonna, the Knicks going to win, I, it's, it's by the skin of their teeth because this game was won without Jimmy, and it was with a full Nick roster. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, I'm still, you know, I'm being confident, but in terms of how they're going to do this when Jimmy's back, I don't know. Use your sight. You size your feet, man. When he comes, I'm you know I'm not gonna say anything. Just, just you know they know his injury. That's all. Just you know take <laughs> a shot. Ernie you advocating. Know, Ernie advocating for further injury to Jimmy. Excellent, Ernie. Well, you know That's Jimmy. No nice. No nice. Uh, no, he did you. it to me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not saying something that wasn't done by Mr. Lowry first to RJ. And, I, and if people think I didn't, you, you forgot. That's a snapshot of. Lowry kicking his leg out. Yeah, but that was a, but Ernie, that's a snapshot. That's a picture from an angle you don't know what was happening. And uh, if it was a video, I oh, give you credit, but it was whoa. a snapshot. It's, I know that Nick's Muse Twitter account has you brainwashed right now, Ernie. No, no, I'm not a brainwasher. I, I, I see what I saw because I saw it in real time. The snapshot is what I needed to be like, oh, he did kick at me. Because in real time, I, I, I was throwing it was just a foul up top. I'm being realistic here. Uh, but the snapshot caught what I didn't see, which was that he did kick his feet. Mm. I mean, they could have injured him. I mean, but that's beside the point. Listen, it's going to be a it's going to be a bloody series, back like it was back in the nineties. Let's go, let's go, Knicks. Let's go, bring it on, bring it on, Miami. Because right now I need something better. Let's go, Knicks. Appreciate you, Ernie. Um, I, I saw that picture that he's talking about game one where it was R.J. Barrett going to the rim and Kyle Lowry has his leg kicked out. You can't tell anything from a photo. You can't tell there's any contact made. You don't know which direction R.J. Barrett's coming down the floor. I'm not saying like Kyle Lowry has a reputation as being a, a dirty player, okay? I'm not denying that. But if you're going to take a snapshot from an angle you don't know where it's coming from and you're going to read all the replies of that Nick's Twitter account that put it out there and then you're going to say, ah, you you can't say that the Heat didn't get screwed last night. You can't say that he got screwed last night because I saw him, Kyle Lowry with his leg extended against R.J. Barrett in a still photo from game one. Ah. I mean, to be completely fair, I would imagine the local markets from the noon to two shows that are running in New York City, they're saying, hey, I know all you Heat guys down there are talking about what Josh Hart did to Jimmy, but what about what Kyle Lowry did to RJ? So the same conversation is being had. Carlin. Somebody get Chris <laughs> Carlin on the line. We need to have a uh, discussion with him. Uh, your biggest takeaway, first two games, 
of the Heat Knicks. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. 888-760-3776. Are we really, are we really, are people here in Spanish, by the way? I want to be, uh, are people here in Spanish over the show? Uh, go ahead and let us know as well so we can get this thing fixed up. Yeah, on our end, Dave Mag- uh, MacGyver. MacGyver Druda, yeah. he's on the case right now. So we'll, we'll get that case. answer. All right. Uh, well, we'll just keep talking. Um, and, and so we might as well just go to the Latina uh, since you're here in Spanish while we're talking as well. Uh, so you can do this in English or Spanish, Jeanette. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway from uh, from the first two games of this uh, this Heat Knicks series? What's what's on your mind after those two games? Jimmy, Jimmy's different. Jimmy's different during the postseason, and his presence is needed not only for getting up those points, but yeah. only from like a leadership point of view. His grit. His determination. Him not I on the floor. Like that was... Him not on the floor. Him off the floor. So vastly, it makes things so vastly different. Absolutely. And and again, the Heat performed so well last night, but not having Jimmy was so noticeable in the final four minutes that there was no twenty-two available for you. And after game one, you guys had a very great a great conversation about you know the Mount Rushmore of Miami Heat players. You cannot argue Jimmy Butler isn't top two. Yeah. Behind D Wade now. To be perfectly clear, I'd never have a Mount Rushmore conversation about anything. We don't it do that here. All time heat great. Because again, we're not doing not not on this show. We ain't doing I a Mount Rushmore it. here. But yeah, he's he absolutely is. But he matters. And and I I saw on social media a bit last night, oh the 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 Heat won game one and we didn't have Julius Randle. I don't see people speaking about us in glowing terms like they are the Heat tonight after we took out the Heat without Jimmy Butler. If you're equating the difference, if you're if you're equating Julius Randle and his impact on the floor with that team to Jimmy Butler and his impact on the floor to the Heat, just don't watch the playoffs anymore. Just stop watching basketball. Like yeah. you just don't get it. Like it's- stop it. Julius Randle's good. Julius Randle is the second best player on that Knicks team. Julius Randle, what he provides the Knicks, what he means, isn't even in the same area code as Jimmy Butler in the Heat. Yeah, the math don't math there. None yeah, of it. that doesn't math there, right. It just doesn't make any sense. But for me, the biggest takeaway, Ken, this isn't a series that I've seen before. And, and if I had to put it in question form, I would ask you, right? everybody's in a full body cast? Yeah, yeah. Well, well not necessarily, right? It seems, and, and I can't speak to it, so I, I, I'm going to... Uh, Parlay or pass the baton to you in this sense, but is this a 90s basketball series? Like, there's no ISO ball. You have a guy like Tibbs and you have a guy like Spo, who are on the clipboard more so than they're actually coaching on the floor. Like, this seems like so, old what, school. Define 90s, because I, I, if there's one thing I know, it's 90s basketball, but define 90s basketball. I just mean, like like I said, a lot less isolation ball, getting the ball to guys in the low post and running these sets. Like, we're seeing Miami run a lot of zone. Like, it just doesn't seem like... This isn't Warriors Lakers. This isn't any James Harden type stuff like these jaw, like this dribble drive. Like it just seems old school. I, it, when I'm watching the game, I keep telling myself, I haven't seen this type of basketball before. Like this is not a playoff series yeah. that I've seen before. I think what you're seeing is two teams with limited offense, and the Heat have to play connected, move the ball For type sure. of offense in order to maximize what they do 
and it's finally shown up in the in the postseason. I don't know if it's necessarily 90s basketball because there were still plenty of guys that went ISO. I mean, Jalen Brunson excluded, right? There's nobody on the heat, right? I mean, it wasn't a lot of Caleb Martin getting his 22, was like, it, by, by himself. But 90s basketball, you still had effective big men. I, I wouldn't say, Jeanette, that any of the big man play in the series has been particularly <laughs> good. So that There was, are no was, big men. I was going to say, and that's what... I'm already super excited about the series, but there was a lot of comparison to the 90s Heat Knicks series, and I was like, that's great. Uh, but I don't think it's, I think it's two very different scenarios what we're watching now versus the tape that I've seen from the 90s. The big men aren't playing, and there's no fights. So two <laughs> yeah. very different things. And there's going no fights. And, and obviously, I'm excluding out like Julius Randle's handle. Like the handle that he has and the handle that Bam has and the way they're able to get outside of the elbow or, or kind of run the perimeter, play yeah. offense from the perimeter. Right. That excluded. I just mean the sets, yeah, it, the zone. And let's be clear, too. 90s basketball, Heat Knicks was at its best in the early 2000s. It was Knicks Bulls in the 90s. That was the rivalry. Heat Knicks came in the early 2000s. Okay, so so for primarily. Primarily late nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. But yeah, that was I mean, a transition between yeah. the big men to you. You didn't have Patrick shit. Ewing or Zoe handling the ball at the perimeter. You didn't exactly, have, like Bam can run the point. The 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 Heat won Game Five against the Bucks because Bam <laughs> started running the point like that. From a from a moving the ball standpoint, sure, absolutely. But I think you're seeing that uh, the the Knicks, the Knicks within the Tib offense, Tibbs offensive set. It's not overly exciting, but you have guys who can create their own shot. Um, and then the Heat had to move the ball last night because you had nobody on the floor who could really create their own shot. So you're just ball movement, inside-out stuff. But Bam, Bam on offense is an impossible watch. I can't, I can't, I can't stress it enough. As good as he is defensively, he's as uninspiring offensively. You're not there yet, and you won't get to this point. But I am so ready to boycott Bam out of bio. It is hard to watch him play basketball. Hashtag there is boycott Bam. There is so much talent. In that body, and he does nothing with it. I feel so bad about Miami Heat fans and their relationship with Bam Adebayo because he comes in clutch when needed, and I felt like yesterday was his opportunity to come and for a solid block for an incredible play that Jimmy was out. But it was very, like, meh. He, he took 10 shots. And again, Bam, Bam will always get it done on the defensive end. He was styming Jalen Brunson on the perimeter multiple times last night, cutting off dribble drives. I, he's, he's just an all-world defender. It's a disaster that he hasn't won an NBA Defensive Player of the Year award. That said, he's had multiple instances over the last two postseasons with an injured Jimmy to go in and to assert himself offensively. And last night, he put up 10 shots. 10 Sucks. shots. And I understand Mitchell Robinson's a big body, okay? And Hartenstein's extremely annoying and active. I understand that. But this is where Bam, if he had any semblance of an offensive game, could get himself to the line over and 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 over again. But he doesn't trust his post moves. He doesn't trust himself on the block. His best shot is that free throw line rainbow jumper. But when it comes to making it, a move and an attack on the rim, he hesitates. He gets soft. He gets blocked. He doesn't get himself to the free throw line. I mean, here's here's Jay Will. Jay Will this morning on Get Up on ESPN. Jay Will talking about Bam. The Knicks found a way to win it. It was ugly. Um, here's the one thing I will say about Miami, and they, they got one win on the road. Why are, we're talking about Gabe Vincent. We're talking about Caleb Martin. 
When are we going to start making mention of Bam out of Iowa? Yeah. Like, well, why? Like, Gabe Vincent was like the star for their team last night. And I really wonder for this franchise moving forward, the question looming around when Bam is going to become the second superstar on his team. It feels like he's just passive. Well, yeah. I don't understand. He's right. He's right. Jay Will is absolutely right. He's absolutely right. When you don't have Tyler Hero and you don't have Jimmy Butler, how is Bam being completely surpassed offensively by Gabe Vincent, by Caleb Martin? That that shouldn't be happening. I guess I understand Gabe because he has that sort of gun-it-up mindset. Sure. But... When Caleb Martin is a much more dependable option inside and out than Bam is, that's a problem. If you live on Mars and they just plopped you on Earth and sat you in front of the TV to watch this game, Jay's right. You would have thought Gabe Vincent was the superstar of this team. You would have had no clue, no clue who this Bam out of Biocat was, right? Ten shots, you obviously they limit him. You would have thought Gabe was a superstar. For me, it makes me uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's not good. So I feel I feel good, though, about the Heat because despite all of that, they should have won that game last night. They had that game last night. Should have is they a big word. No, they, Could they, have. they were they had the lead with three minutes left to go. They should have won that game last night. The key sequence that screwed them was offensive rebound foul on Lowry as Julius Randle's landing on him. I mean, explain that to me. But then on the ensuing inbound, they gave up four, count them four, count them four offensive rebounds, and that results in a Josh Hart three from the right wing, tie game, next possession, Jalen Brunson comes down, pops a three, takes the lead. That was the sequence that uh, really cut out the legs from the Heat last night. But I feel good. The Heat played extremely well. The Heat role players are giving the Knicks all sorts of fits, and I think that the Knicks are going to have to find another gear that I'm not sure they have to win this series. I think the Heat are the better team collectively. Knicks more talent, Heat better team, better coaching. What are your biggest takeaways from the first two games of the Heat-Knicks series? 1-1 coming back down here to South Florida Game 3. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Twitter's open at KLV1063. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. On Twitter, your biggest takeaway from the first two games of Heat-Knicks, Aiden tweets in, the Heat should be up two games to none. They're the better team. Yeah, I mean, I can't really argue with that. They are the, they are the better team. If you're looking at this sample size, you're looking at what the Heat did in Game 1, but and full strength for the Heat is still <laughs> near bare bones. And then without Jimmy, it's just it's just like ligaments crawling on the floor with no direction. Um, but but they're they're the better team. Even the the way they are injured constructed, they're the better team, and they should have been up two games to none. Got a bad combination of bad whistle, no rebounding in the final three minutes last night. Uh, Bob tweets, Heat should win, but refs will favor New York, as usual. I don't know, as usual. At MSG, yes. But I don't know if that's going to be the case down here. Oh, but it's MSG South. Just wait. Just wait. I know there's going to be a lot of you dopes in the building Saturday. By dopes, I mean Knicks fans. I know there's going to be a lot of you down there. 
trust me when I tell you, you think your presence is going to be heard a lot more than it actually is going to be. Like, this isn't our first rodeo with Knicks fans trying to take over that arena, right? Like, this isn't every year occurrence. It's not like this is the first playoff game between the Heat and Knicks in that building. They've never okay, seen so the just stop it. They've never seen the Kaseya. Nobody. That's right. <laughs> the Heat have only one loss at Kaseya Center. Just one. That's right. Um, Skinny tweets in. Biggest takeaway through two games: Knicks suck. <laughs> uh, salient point. Say one thing about Knicks fandom, though. I am so disappointed in the lack of overhyped content. Like last year, I don't know if you guys saw the viral video with Side Talk New York City, where these KD, don't you regret not coming through the Knicks and all that fun stuff? There's no content of that. Well, when, I haven't no, seen not one new Bing Bong no, out there, there and is. it's upsetting me. Bing Bong's dead. No, yeah. bring it back. No, at Bing Bong sucks. Bing Bong should die forever. Um, Phil McCracken says old school dogfight 1997 style. Like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I feel you. Even though I wasn't born yet, I feel you, Phil. Phil McCracken. <laughs> uh, you, wait, when, what year were you born? 98. Jesus, man. I was, I think, what grade? I, was, I think I was 98. <sighs> I am a gray, old, decrepit man. That's right. Bald. So, why I have ankle pain, foot pain, <laughs> and if you're like me, if you're experiencing those things, you need to see an expert in the field, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealthnet slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash orthocare. For more information today, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealthnet slash orthocare. I was talking with JMP, and you can hear him on heating up with Theo Dorsey before Game 3 Saturday here on ESPN 106.3, talking to him in the hallway before the show, and he said something I agree wholeheartedly with. Like, can the Knicks win this series? Absolutely. Like, they can. But it's going to require Jalen Brunson and uh, Julius Randle to be going off. Off. Both of them. Both of them have to be on. Have to, have to, have to. Because you're just not going to get enough offensively from anybody else. R.J. Barrett is good for about four or five-minute stretches, and then he disappears off the face of the earth, right? So, that, I mean, that's easy to say, but like I feel like that's what they're built for, is Jalen going to get 30 and, and Julius going to get his 25 well, like they did last night. Like That's what they, well, they know they can do and want to do. But here's what they're built for. Here's what they're built for, is have those guys chuck up shots and then go chase down rebounds. Everybody else chased down rebounds. Yeah. Like, they're not running a damn thing for Mitchell Robinson, right? He's just hulking his way to the rim, trying to grab loose balls and trying to lay it in, trying to earn himself a trip to the line, which I, at this point, I don't think he's trying to earn himself a trip to the line. He doesn't want any part of the line. Mitchell Robinson, I've watched basketball for a long time. I watched all of Shaq's career. Jeanette watched all of Shaq's career. Shaq, bad free throw shooter. Mitchell Robinson might be the worst free throw shooter in the history of the NBA. Forget the NBA, the history of the sport. Like, period. Since um, since they had peach baskets, I think that he's the worst free throw shooter of all time. Though His motion, his free throw, uh, the, the way he lets it go, he's, he's basically just chucking up prayers at the rim. It has no arc to it. It's line drives. He might as well just punt the ball to the rim. 
It is the worst. He is the worst free throw shooter I've ever seen to a point where last night I'm laying in bed and this was like second quarter and I'm like, you know what? I think the Heat should just start hacking Mitchell Robinson. Like, I really think if they weren't as shorthanded as they are, they should start hacking this dude. And he's he's basically up there at the line as a catapult. He's a human catapult. He says, <laughs> three, two, one, fire! Boom! <laughs> Blast it off the rim. You're going to talk about um, Julius Randle and, and Jalen Brunson jacking up shots and guys having to get those boards. They're going to get those boards. Hey, I don't think I don't think where, a single game in this series, right? The Heat are going to out rebound the Knicks. Okay, so that is where this is where I would be overly confident to the point of being able to declare that the Heat are going to win this series, except the Heat are getting their asses kicked. On the glass. 50 to 34 last night. Minus 16 last night. Minus <laughs> nine in game one, and they overcame it. Um, the Heat, actually, I went back in the Buck series, they they out rebounded the Bucks once, but there was never a game where they were just absolutely thrashed for the exception of game two, right? But the way to beat the Knicks, and the Cavs found this out firsthand, is you got to put bodies on them, you got to box them out because they are coming. They are attacking the glass. The Cavs could not figure it out. The Cavs were soft. The Cavs were overmatched, and that's why that was a five-game series. The Heat, if they can stay within five to six rebounds every game, because they have not been turning the ball over. They turned the ball over seven times last night with no Jimmy. Turned it over seven times. They only turned it over 11 times in game one. They're not turning it over, but they're getting clocked. I don't know what I was trying to do there. Crushed. Crushed, clocked. Clawed. Clocked. Clawed. (laughs) Clawed. On the boards, they're getting absolutely slammed there. The only way the Knicks, in my opinion, win this series is if they keep clobbering the Heat on the boards. If they if the Heat neutralize that, then the Heat win in five or six. I, I, I am confident saying that because that for, in the final four minutes, that was the Knicks' best offense last night, just like it was in crunch time against the Cavs in their first-round series. Offensive rebounds. That's the best offense for the Knicks. If you can neutralize that, then you beat them. If you can't, you lose to them. Yeah, but I think the, the problem with that is that's music to Knicks fans' ears, right? Because they're going to clobber the boards, and if Jalen can go get his 30, which a lot of Knicks fans have the confidence that he can, right? 99% of the bets on him scoring over 24 fine. and a half points. Like, that's uh, very likely that it happens. Why? If Jalen Brunson gets 30, who cares? I mean, if I hear you. If, Jason, if, if Jalen Brunson gets 30 and Julius Randle gets 25, but the Heat keep Hartenstein off the glass, keep R.J. Barrett off the glass, keep Mitchell Robinson off the glass, at least a reasonable amount, the Heat will, I trust me when I tell you, Stone, the Heat will unequivocally live with that. They will unequivocally live with that. Trust me when I tell you, as someone who spent six and a half months with a Final Four basketball team, Dusty May would always say, hey, this dude's awesome. We know he or they are going to get theirs. How do we box out and defend the other guys? Because we win if these dudes hit their average and these guys do nothing. If the Heat do the same thing to the Knicks, the Heat win this series. And they win it before Game 7. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's really, really hard to disagree with. <sighs> um, oh, you were, Jeanette, you were talking about the, the, Knicks, the Knicks fan culture. And you're disappointed you don't see bing-bongs anymore, right? And all that stuff. Yeah, I need, like, over, I need Knicks fans jumping crazy on top of things for no reason. But that's still happening. No, it's not. Yes, it absolutely There's is. There's no, nothing. They're very tame right now no. compared to what they've been in the past. I would disagree. And uh, I would disagree, and we have video evidence. We have video audio evidence of this. When we come back, the video audio evidence to Jeanette that, no, this is still the same 
Look at me overly celebrating over mundane postseason achievements. Nick fans, don't worry. It's still happening. And I have a theory about it as well. I have a theory that I feel strongly in that I'm correct about. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Jeanette, I want you to, I want you to get yourself stable for this, okay? Breaking huh. news presented by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Okay. This is from ESPN FC. Lionel Messi will leave Paris Saint Germain at the end of the season. That is confirmed. According to reports, Uh bring them, bring them home. Will be Barcelona and Inter Miami. Can you imagine? This man's coming to the Wawa off commercial. No, no, it's the Miami subs, the Miami grill, right there. Uh Shout out, Lock. What was it, Lockhart Stadium? Oh my God, I cannot believe there is (laughs) the door is open again now. We thought it was closed. The door is open now. Lionel Messi could very well play at a stadium that is within 500 yards of a Miami subs on Commercial Boulevard. And on a shell station on Cypress Creek in Broward. Like a shell station that I've openly seen hardcore drug deals go down. And it's one of those stations that it's just that one guy in that small little yeah, 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 square yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. not like a full store. Right, he's got like the and he's got like the little uh the, the little push shelf. I go, I'll take some Cheetos and he goes and he pushes it through his little tiny his little tiny yeah, door. But there's a 100% chance that if Messi comes to town, I mean that thing's getting hit with a wrecking ball and they're buying them out and obviously they're they're up in the price. I will say though that Wendy's on Cypress Creek is here to stay. Uh, so it's really good. They do good work in that drive-through. When FAU played there, my friends and I we would all go to that Wendy's or the Miami Grills or slash subs, whatever that's called, and then go to watch FAU play. Yeah, I think it's Miami Grill. That's what I think it's, it's Miami Grill. Two. Yeah, it's one of the. I never go there really sober, so I always oh, get confused. Oh man, that Can you imagine is going to be hilarious. The, this the, dude comes from Barcelona. The pride of Catalonia. Wins a World Cup. Goes to Paris. One of the most respected athletes right. in the world. And now he's going to play between Cypress Creek and Commercial. Right by the the Broward Aviation Center. Gotta love it. Jesus, man. Nobody hangs out that there. No, because there's no place to hang out. There, nobody hangs out there for a reason. It's fast food restaurants. There's a... Um, there's the swap a, shop is close. Yeah, the swap shop closed he, down. You might enjoy that. Or is it, is it still... Oh, yeah, the swap shop's nearby. You're right. That's what I'm saying. You're yes. right. You have to pass Lockhart Stadium to get to the swap shop. And then there's like an electrical outlet. Like a, <laughs> like a, a, uh, like a, not like an outlet, like plug something in, but like a whole like store, an outlet store for appliances <laughs> that is when you turn from Cypress Creek to get to Inter Miami Stadium it's right there oh, I don't think so that if he wants a nice fan for his kitchen 
You can pop in right there. No, screw that. Go to the swap shop. You got everything you need for like a quarter of the price. We are a disaster down here, man. I can't even <laughs> believe it. Uh, if you want to know about sports business, and Lionel Messi is about to get hit right in the face with how business gets done here in South Florida, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. It is your path to the sports industry. fau.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Since the year 2000, Dr. Tim Reardon, the late great, started it. It has been guiding students into a successful career in sports, whether it be at the pro level, college level, local sports. My man, George Lindley, at the Palm Beach County Sports Commission, the boss man. He's got his MBA in sport management at Florida Atlantic. Internationally renowned postgraduate sport management degree program. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. The most impressive thing the first two games about the Knicks has been their celebrity turnout at Madison Square Garden. And again, Madison Square Garden's like any other arena. It's just like any other arena, just a, a little bit smaller in size, uh, and there's a train under it, okay? I mean, that's it. That's it. There, there are louder arenas. Um, there are better arenas. Um, like, fine. You did not feel some tingly kind of way when you were calling games at Madison Square Garden. No, because FAU. FAU was winning. I, uh, it, that meant nothing to you. That no, FAU, no, no, no. people are chanting, as soon as I got, as soon at as, Madison Square Garden. That's fine. And the lights up top are blue that's and fine. red for the Owls. That meant nothing to you. I don't you. get caught up by an elaborate, an elaborate light system. I did. That's why cool. I threw $2,000 for a 24-hour what, trip to go. What, what irks me most about Ken is in, in his oh vendetta with MSG. God. Is when he's 68 years old, 74 years old, uh-huh. and he's got the grandkids on his lap, right? No more microphone in front of him. He's going to say, hey, hey, little uh, Timothy, your grandpa here, he's been inside MSG. He's been inside the Mecca. Courtside. I, well, I wasn't just in the stands, son. I was courtside. And I went viral. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I went, you're I can, I viral. The only reason I went viral is because MSG and their <laughs> facilities are a total dump. No. Didn't happen to me in Columbus. Didn't happen to me in Houston. Happened to me at dilapidated MSG. So you make the promise to us right now that when you are a grandfather, you will not tell your grandkids that you were inside MSG. You, t- you don't tell them. Never. I, th- you know, I think Ken's putting on a front. I mean, I think I it's think, somewhat I, of a front. I think it's such a, oh, I'm Ken. Why? I'm going to hate things Why? because everybody else loves no, 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 them. Let me tell That's you something. You, Ken. Why should I be awestruck by MSG when I feel like where I'm at in my career, my talent level, that I belong there? I mean, there's no problem with Nobody's that. Nobody's arguing that with that. That has nothing to do with MSG. I, Why should I be starstruck and awestruck by that? It's a building. You're not you're Muhammad counter- Ali. Yeah, but you're counter-arguing yourself now because you feeling like you belong at MSG is you is different than you feel like would you be belong lucky. somewhere else. What? New York would be lucky if I was up there oh <laughs> regularly uh, attending events at MSG then talking about them. New York would be lucky to have me up there. George New Foreman York who? would eat you alive. Carmelo ben. Anthony who? Patrick Ewing? Who? All I'm saying is it is Dotson? real it is real hard to 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 be awestruck by an arena 
where they are regularly trotting out the likes of Patrick Ewing, John Starks, and Carmelo Anthony for standing ovations. Last time I checked, and I grew up in an era in Chicago when Michael Jordan was winning rings. Last time I checked, none of those people are champions, yet they are treated like legends up there. If they can be, I can be at that arena. Whatever, Ken. I feel like you are lying to yourself. Fine. Yeah, I'm just speaking so, truth. So, and you also have this irk again, vendetta with Cameron Endor. You compare Cameron Endor to MSG, old, crappy, not up to date. No, MSG, MSG. No, no, no. Cameron no. Endor, wish. Cameron Endor. No, I, I've never <laughs> said those things. What I'm saying is that Cameron Endor is cool, but what I'm saying is that when you show up there, you'll be shocked at just how small it is. Like uh, it's they they've renovated it. They've kept it up to date. The Duke. Hall of Fame that they have in it, the museum they have in Cameron Indoor is awesome, but it is so, so tiny, and you can never truly appreciate it until you've been inside of there. Again, which I have. I've also been an MSG. I've done a lot of things. I don't get awestruck easily. Want to know why? Because I belong at these places. Okay? Talk to them. That's, that's all I'm saying, is I belong at these places. You belong next to Jessica Alba. Just say it out loud. Say I belong it. next to Jessica Alba. Um, oh, yeah? Well, I'm not sure I belong next to Jessica Alba, to be quite honest. Like that's I'm more awestruck by that. I'd be more awestruck by that than, than MSG. <laughs> um, by the way, we were talking about, before we go to break here, we were talking about, because it's been, so this is my original point, was that MSG ain't special, but it's been a real solid celebrity turnout for this series. First two games, Knicks and Heat. Um You've had the likes of Jessica Alba. You've had uh, Ben Stiller. You've had Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock and Spike Lee and that entire crew. It's been good. It's been a good, good turnout, okay? Um, but the Heat, they regularly are bringing out the celebs court side as well. How do we counter this, Jeanette? Jeanette has put together a list of Kaseya Center. Again, the Heat only one loss at Kaseya Center. That's since, right. Since it became Kaseya Center, it's the Fortress. Basketball Fortress, Kaseya Center. Um You've put together your own star-studded courtside lineup for when the Knicks come down here. What do you got, Jeanette? Absolutely. So Miami, you think of the music influence in terms Mm -hmm. of like trap, culture, rap, hip-hop. Miami has a huge influence on that. So that's going to be heavily represented by the likes of Pitbull, Flo Rider, Rick Ross, J-Lo, Trick Daddy, Shakira, Denzel Curry, Kodak, and of course, Diplo. He's, and, a South, he's from South Florida. Course, and, of <laughs> and of course, Diplo. That's and a good so start. what else do we have up here um, from, from South Florida? Athletes. Mm-hmm. Screw what we've had at MSG. We yeah. got Zoe uh-huh. sitting right next to Dwayne Wade, Dan Marino, Serena Ooh. Williams, oh, and yeah. Jupiter resident, Tiger Woods. What about Lamar? Let's get Lamar down here. Ooh. Easy. Boyden, Pompano, raise up. Easy. He's sitting right next to Kodak. And yeah, then that's his boy. We have, I'm going to throw Dusty May there. He's had a huge <laughs> okay. impact here at FAU that's Go right. Owls. That's right. That's right. And uh, I think the queen of Miami, Gloria Stefan. Oh, yes. There you go. See, that's good. Yeah, Antonio Brown lives down here as well. Yeah, he's out. He uh, kicks oh. himself out. Oh. I'm not sure he can he actually... He walks in, says something stupid, and then security Are takes him sure out. Are we sure Antonio Brown, based on his legal situation, can actually step foot in the state of Florida? I'm not, not sure. quite sure. Not and, quite sure. And this, she was on my original list. But Giselle, now that she's down here officially, she's going yeah, to look super good yeah, and, you know, look great against Tom Brady. She will be yeah. the Jessica Giselle Alba. Giselle next sitting next and to fine. a Pilates instructor. Aaron Rodgers Ooh. is going to Knicks games. Time to bring out Tua. Let's go, baby. Oh, Not, I said God. Dan Marino. Oh, my God. I'm so mad at both of you. 
She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominiquin. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.